Welcome to the One Solution Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to explore if there really is one solution to all the world's problems. And that perhaps that solution lies in the mind. The mind is both the source of those problems, but also the solution to those problems. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Eric from the One Solution team. I just wanted to do a quick little introduction to the episode you're going to listen to right now. So in the last episode, you heard me and Mara share about our experience going to New Hampshire, to Manchester, New Hampshire, and where we met with a drug and alcohol clinic who was working with their clients by looking at the mind and by looking at how do humans realize something that's innate in them that is beyond their addiction and how do people realize that they are the thinker the the person who's creating their own reality and how do you become okay with that reality to the extent that you don't need to do the things you did before for example drugs or alcohol or for some it's yoga for some it's any really coping mechanism that humans have to deal with what we're experiencing it um, the, realize something about the mind is really what alleviates and elevates you beyond that experience. So we talked about that briefly, and in the coming uh, episode you're going to listen to, you're going to hear from the clients themselves at the Farnham Center. So we have, uh, I think, four people in this coming episode, and you're going to hear... Uh, them share. They're fresh off the program. It's a 28-day program. They're either in it or just finished it. And what we love about this conversation is just how fresh it is and how they share from the heart about what they realized, what they saw about addiction, what they've seen about themselves, how, how it was different from any other program they've done. They all of them have tried different things to help with their addiction, but nothing helped them until they went to the source. So we really hope uh, you enjoy this podcast, and I would just invite you to listen and see what occurs to you when you hear these people talk and if it makes sense, because uh, it's pretty raw sharing. There's no teaching in this podcast. It's just hearing from their experience and how that relates to curing not only their addiction, but uh, we get into how that could solve problems in society and problems in the world, which is the whole premise of One Solution. So we really hope you enjoy it and uh, let us know by reviewing or commenting or um, sharing this podcast. Thank you. Okay, so we're really delighted that you're willing to speak with us on camera. We're here at the Farnham Center in Manchester, New Hampshire, which is a drug and alcohol treatment center. Is that what you call it? Drug and alcohol treatment center? Yeah. And you're all clients here. You are currently going through the program, correct? Great. So um, we just want to ask you some questions because we feel like your answers will probably help a lot of people, and we want to share that with the world. So um, we'll just start by going around and have you say a little bit about what did you learn here that has helped or is in the process of helping you? 
And how is it different from maybe what you'd learned other places or in life in general? Yeah, so my name is Chris Howley. Um, I've been battling addiction for the past 10 years off and on with uh, long periods of sobriety in between. Um, since being at the Farnham Center, it's really allowed me to um, understand that my behaviors and um, my emotions don't define who I am today. It allows me to, it's really opened my mind to a different way of thinking so I can notice my emotion as a thought before it becomes deeper than that and that so it doesn't hold any weight on me. Um, so it's really been enlightening and I got to say like the third day I, I was here, it kind of, it just kind of clicked and I was on the phone with my mom and I said to her, she asked me, she's like, so what's your plan after you leave here? And usually I have this long list of things that I need to do that I feel is going to make me happy or what I, what I need to do to get something or feel at ease with myself. But I said to her, I said, I don't know. And uh, I think for the first time in my life, she said, oh, okay. Like she was okay with it. Like, cause it was different. It was just a different way of thinking th that, you know, what today I'm okay and I have faith in tomorrow and I'm planning, you know, some certain steps for tomorrow, but I'm not worried about it. You know, I'm not overthinking it. And, um, so I'm really just trying to stay present and I'm not trying to let my past define me because it's, done and over with, you know, and I, I'm breathing today and I'm okay. And I know that, um, there is a path that, that I'm meant to lead and, uh, I'm planning for that, you know, but I'm not trying to overthink it at the same time. Just knowing that I have an innate health and that it, it's shown around the world with different species, plants, animals, whatever it might be, that there is just a... Every everything in, in the world has a meaning and a purpose, um, and sometimes our mind just gets in the way of what that actually looks like. It um, I kind of use the example, and it makes sense in my mind when I think about it. If you're trying to work on a puzzle, and you have a plate, and you just put all the puzzle pieces on the plate, you can't see the overall picture. But when you spread it out and you work it one piece at a time, you know, then then it focuses into the bigger picture and you're more perceptive to what the overall picture looks like. So with that, I'm glad the Farnham Center is here. I look forward to spreading this knowledge that was shown to me. And uh, I appreciate you guys joining us. Thank you. I'm Brian Bolver. As Chris said, it was like three or four days before it really sunk in. And I told Eric earlier that one day I just started whistling again. I hadn't whistled in a long time. And I've been a, a beer drinker for 50 years. And I didn't, and then for 10 years or better, it's been a real problem in my life, in my home, at my home, with my kids. And nobody abandoned me. But my wife and kids insisted that I do something or hit the road. So I kind of liked my family. I, it was the only goal I ever had in life was to have a family, and I did pretty well. I've got four great kids, and my wife and I have been together 46 years and married 40. 
She was the girl next door, the first girl that was nice to me. So, you know, but uh, Dawn broke on Marblehead the, in that first week. He realized that, you know what, it was, it was your life. It was my life. It was, when am I going to have the next beer? You know, it went from, I wasn't busy enough on a project I was building in New York. So I'd go back to the hotel and, and drink lunch with the president of a bank and the son-in-law of the owner of the hotel. You know, it didn't dawn on me I had a problem. You know, and then as I as I got more projects weren't complex enough, I was drinking at noontime and the weekends I was drinking in the morning. And here, I don't even have any cravings anymore. You know, it, it, they did teach you that your thought is just that. It's a thought, and, it, and the thought drives your feelings. It also drives your cravings, you know, and, and I, like I said, I don't have any cravings anymore. I'm looking forward to... To going back and starting over. I mean, you know, some of these guys have, thir- you know, 40, 50 years left. I might have 25 or 30, you know. And as I told Eric earlier, I'm going to be crawling through glass for a while to get back in the big bed. But I'd like to bring these books with me and say, here, read them first. <laughs> so I'm really pleased with it. And it's been incredibly productive for me. Hi, I'm Stephanie Graham. What, how my addiction happened was I have three fractures in my back. So you end up at some point in pain management, which ends in a year. Then I started buying the medication on the streets, got too expensive. So then I turned to heroin. And the last 10 years have been absolutely insane. I've lost everything, homeless, faced all of that, being very embarrassed, asking family members, you know, for a place to stay, all of that. Um, it was horrible <laughs> and out of control. And before this, I was on a quest for the answers to life. I studied all the religions, read all the spiritual books, everything, all the sayings, the mystics, the gurus say, this is the end and and there is no end, there is no beginning. Seek the truth, it'll set you free. All of this made sense. Mind, the universal mind, universal consciousness, and universal thought. And bam, it hit me. And everything has absolutely changed. I got a miracle. I have no pain. I'm so ecstatic. I'm just so happy that I would have never thought I would have found the answers here at a rehab at the Farnham Center. Thank you. Um... I don't think anybody really, you know, expects to become an addict and, and, you know, you never, you don't think it'll happen to you. You know, it can happen to anyone. And I don't know what I was really looking for in coming here. And it's really honestly so simple that when you do get it, it's like, how did I not, how did I not like just know this anyways like and how you said it's so it's universal you know how how do you not just know this you know and I don't know it's helped me in so much already so far in the beginning of my recovery and like they have a saying here you know you can't fear the bear if he's not in the room you know you can't fear him if he's over at 7-eleven you know you can't fear him you can fear him if he's in the room So I think it's just helped me kind of be almost in the moment, you know, you are, you know, you have your own thoughts and 
you know, even doing this, you could be, you know, fearful of like being in a room and being put on the spot, but it's just your own mind, you know, creating those thoughts and putting you in that moment, you know? So thank you. My name is Jeremy Gagney and, uh, I guess growing up I could, uh, share that my dad was an alcoholic and, uh, I struggled with that growing up, and um, then after high school, I went into the Air Force, and uh, as most people know, that uh, we work hard and play hard, and um, ever since then, um, I've struggled with uh, drinking and um, also homelessness, and uh, I think that's a a key thing that um, some of our veterans can be able to deal with the PTSD, major depression, minor depression, post-war depression, anxiety. Um, So I'm very grateful to have uh, realized everybody, uh, no matter where you are in the world, has it built into them. And we all have the resiliency to go back to what we know and and seek out um, the happiness. So... Um, just to share, I've had, uh, lost a brother four years ago to the heroin that's been going on in, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. I have another brother that's, uh, locked up stemming from pills and heroin, uh, sister and the boyfriend that use, and, um, I believe it's a blessing that I was able to come here and get a better understanding of what I already knew. Uh, Prior to coming here, um, I tried to detox and save my girlfriend that uh, I was in denial about that she was using because this heroin doesn't see male, female, um, whether you're a doctor, it doesn't matter. It doesn't discriminate against anybody. So, um, I can't wait to, uh, start the relationship over fresh and, uh, she's going through the program. So I'm very grateful that we both went to, were able to come to the program, um, at the same time and, uh, looking forward to the future and, uh, getting out there and, uh, just spreading the word and, uh, getting to the, here in the VA in Manchester, New Hampshire and, um, trying to help out other veterans because I know I I struggle with flashbacks and the tools that I've gained here through the 28 days of them drilling in same old thing like the schedule didn't change from last Wednesday it's going to be the same as this Wednesday but you never know what someone has to say at that moment um so it's it's every it's not the same and that's another thing is living in the moment and understanding that I'm here right now, I'm not in yesterday, I'm not t- tomorrow, I can plan for tomorrow and do the best I can, but i um, very happy that I came here, and uh, thank you, thank you Mara and uh, Eric for coming by today. Can I, I just want to ask a follow-up before we move on to the next question, because you guys alluded to it, but I almost wonder, like, it's going to sound cheesy, but just roll with me for a second here. It's like, if you were talking to a six-year-old, like you mentioned, like, remembering what I'd always known, like, 
what is it that, and you said, it's like so simple when you see it, you're like, how did I not see this? And yet the implications are huge. Like you're sitting here in a situation that many people see as a hopeless situation. They're sitting out there thinking I could never do that. And you're like, no, no, trust me. You can't, (laughs) it's simpler than it looks. So like, if you were talking to a six-year-old, what would you say is the one thing that shifted for you that makes you feel healthy and empowered going out of here? Like in the way you describe um, I guess I'd have to say um, what you feel right now and the health that you feel right now, um, I guess I'd resort back to getting a cut on your hand. The body knows that it needs to heal itself or a broken bone. Eventually, if you don't get an x-ray and you don't get the, the cast on, then the bone's going to heal itself. You're built as a young kid or you're born as a young kid to have this innate health and be resilient as human beings and be able to survive and come back from any downfall or any low point in your life and pick yourself back up and make, you know, make what you want of your life and live, live your legacy and be who you want. I, I guess I would just say, especially to a six year old, it's okay to, you know, have thoughts and to have feelings and it's okay you know, it's okay. It's about what you do with them. And it's about, how do I wear this? <laughs> it's just about doing the right thing and, and how you act on it. You know, it's okay to have thoughts and feelings. It's about what you do with that. When my kids used to ask for impossible things, I used to say, well, let me go find my magic wand. <laughs> but it's even simpler than that. It's inside of us. We're all born with it. Um, when they're feeling sad, I would let them, well, let's think of something better. Let's put good thoughts there because our thoughts create our reality. And we can let those go. They're in the past. They're gone. They don't exist anymore. They're all gone, sweetie. <laughs> That's it's as simple as that. And to replace any bad thoughts with the good thoughts, good memories. And try to make it as simple as possible. That's my magical wand now. <laughs> Thank you. I've coached a lot of six-year-olds, and I've had a, a lot of six-year-olds at my house over the years with four kids. And um, I think what I would do is bring it to their level and offer examples that would turn into options as to, well, you know, what if this happened? How would you feel? Or what did this happen? How would you feel? But if this happens and you feel happy, which would you choose? So that, you know, I always like to get to the level of the children that I'm coaching or being with all the time. And that's why my wife always wants to know if I'm ever going to grow up. But I tell her not if I can help it. I think I would say that you are the thinker of your thoughts and it's okay to feel emotion. It's okay to feel a certain way, but... However you were to hold on to any of those feelings is how are you going to dictate how you feel for that day? I believe that's a simplified version of how I understand it. Um, So thanks. Kind of to follow up on that in terms of you guys learn this for yourself and it's clear that it's done something for you. What hope or possibility do you see in 
you know, when it comes to other families or communities or the world, what effect do you think people start kind of learning or remembering this for themselves? Like if you look out in the society beyond Manchester into other states, into other countries, into the world, if people start learning or remembering this, what do you think would happen? I believe uh, from a young age, through media, through everything around us, we're conditioned to feel a certain way about everything around us and how things create happiness. So from a young age, we're already thinking outside of our own minds what creates our happiness. So knowing that our happiness is already with us, that it was it was built into us. Um, being able to know that is empowering and it um, it allows us to be a free thinker and able to be who we are um, and not let outside of us dictate we can live inside out instead of outside in. Well, I was thinking about that in the sense that your growth of your of the philosophy if you if it is a philosophy i think it is but you know it we're social beings to begin with so we're always interacting with other people and you can pass it on to osmosis if at, at times just by the your own the nature of your personality it's contagious i've seen it here you know when it's when 24 guys will bear their souls to each other and everybody wants to go out and spread the word Oh, it's it's amazing, and I think it's gonna it's gonna blossom on the song. I think it could bring world peace. I think we could have a golden age again, as the mystics speak. I truly believe that there would be no crime, no murder, no none of the bad things. And I believe that we had that in the beginning, which is the end, which is infinity. We we always exist. We're always energy. And I truly believe that if everyone knew this, we would have a really happy world. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I agree. I do. I think it would be a beautiful world. I do. I think, you know, we, like both of you said, you know, it's a mix of what both of all of you, it, it wouldn't pass along. And it would just truthfully be a beautiful world. And it's as simple as that, as simple as it is to, you know, get it. I hope Trump sees this. So funny you say that because I was going to ask a question after, but I want want you to finish. Die trying. So just to clarify, the the question is, is um, how can we deliver the message or how people are going to perceive it or? Yeah. What what do you see in terms of opportunity or do you think it's a viable solution to the stuff you see out there on a bigger scale? In the world. Well, on that note, um, I guess the first thing is is um, opening your mind up to anything new. But with that being said, as human beings, we're all born with this gift. Um, it's just a matter of practicing it in our everyday um, as we go about our day, no matter what thinking we have. It's all about slowing down, slowing down your mind and processing it. Um, and I definitely think the politicians need you... Uh, awesome yeah yeah well let's let's get them around this table um well no so the the last thing i want to ask um 
you know, one of the reasons we started One Solution, it's like we were saying to you guys this morning, is it started to look obvious to us as like, wow, does this solve everything? Like I, I realized it helped people with addictions. It helped people on the verge of divorce. It helped people who were stressed out CEOs. It helped people blah, 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 so on and so forth. It was like, it dawned on me, this helps everything. It's interesting when you read about problems in the world, people describe them as very complex. And all of you had described it very simply. And I just wanted to hear like, with one solution, we're trying to make the point, no matter where you go, no matter what group of humans it is, no matter what the issue is, this brings a new solution that's simple and fast. And so just reading, like New Hampshire has been pegged as like the addiction capital of the U.S. right now. They call it a crisis. Like, and, and yet they're looking at all these other factors. They're looking at things like what's going on with the economy here, what's going on with, you know, post-industrialist, yada, yada. They've got a lot of reasons for why this perfect storm has been created here. And I was wondering if you can just speak to, because the politicians are going to want to hear it because they want to find a solution. How is what you're learning here a solution to addiction in particular? I believe uh, the solution here is, uh, first of all, it, it starts out with the safety of the program, the structure, and the connectiveness. Um, along after that, once you have those in place, once you have the safety and the structure, people are able to have a free mind and able to process their thoughts and ignore the flashbacks or ignore the triggers um, for using and they can see the the light at the end of the tunnel and they they have the um they have that hope to feel the freedom where they don't have to lie ste- steal or cheat their way um to get that next fix um and they see the hope with uh earning their friendships and and family back into their lives Every day here, we say what we are grateful for. And I find one of the biggest things me saying is simply just for myself, my sobriety, for sticking it out here. And in reality, that just comes down to myself for my mind, my thoughts, my, you know, my process on the whole thing of it. So I feel like that's, you know, that's huge. This is huge in you know, my sobriety, because it really, it all comes down to ourselves. It all comes down to our thinking and what we think. All of us, I think, started our addictions because of physical pain or emotional pain, psychological problems, just feeling out of control, having no control over our life. And doing these gave us, made us feel better, made us feel euphoric, made us feel better temporarily. Then you really don't feel good afterwards. But during that time, you feel better and your problems go away. When I realized that I can be high on life and it's free, I have never been happier in my life. I, I don't know how to explain it in words. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> I, I know from experience that uh, the addiction has no socioeconomic boundaries. I have two good friends, and one of the sons was on 
wicked tuna, you know, and then one was, he was my sister, my daughter's friend, another uh, kid was my son's best friend's brother, you know, and it just, it, it knows no bounds. And I can see that the more that this program or the, the, the results of this program saturate the society itself, then it can't avoid the change that will eventually come. But as you said this morning, it may take forever. We may not be alive to see it, but if it, if it picks up the, you know, the, the speed and it, it gets the momentum, it, it can't fail. You know, because of everybody I see here and the success that I feel watching everybody. You know, and I've, we have kids 19, we have kids that are 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. That's us. You know, you did a good job. You did a good job taking the cross section here, but, but it, can't, it can't help but be successful over time. Yeah, I would like to add, um, if you're living in the moment, then you're thinking about thinking, you're conscious, your level of awareness. Adalia was, was saying, uh, if there's a bear in the room, we're all going to be like, oh, what do we do? We're going to fight. We're going to try and fight. But if we say there's a bear coming down Elm Street, you know, locally here, um, it could be coming southbound down Elm Street towards us. But are we really going to be worried about it? So if you have that level of awareness in the moment, then it goes goes along thinking about thinking. If you're thinking about your thinking in the next five minutes, you're not going to make that phone call to get your fix, and you just got to want it. You know, you have to you have to it's, it's struggle, it's a fight, it's a battle, um, but you just uh, you have to be committed to it and want it. Yeah, no, I just wanted to add to what she said. Two seconds is like what you said is really helpful. Is those, what did you say, the chemicals, the... Uh, the endorphins, the endorphins, the dopamine, yeah, the, endorphins, the, dopamine the serotonin, that you have learned how to experience those internally. And if that happens, to your point, you don't want the drugs and you don't want the people that have the drugs. Like You just choose differently when you are producing those feelings naturally. And that's the only cure I know of. Well, everyone definitely hit it right on the head so I'll uh I'll it's all right it's all right it's all right um it's all right it's all right but I will add to why everyone had said that knowing that you have your own reality and everyone has theirs that that uh, you're the thinker of your thoughts um makes you aware of the present and um knowing that is just empowering because I always lived outside of myself and worried about validation from other people. Um, I wasn't happy with myself. Um, but being able to be present, being happy with myself, ha- is going to allow me to just have an an open door in my mind where thoughts can kind of just come and go, and I'm not trying to hang on to any. I'm not trying to be in circular thinking. Because as soon as I'm in that... I will wind right down and end up doing making bad decisions. So since coming here, it's, like I said, it's been a blessing. It really has. Thank you so much, guys. It's been, and we're definitely going to come back and spend more time and ask you more questions. You're all amazing. At least I'm sure the women as well are.
overflowing with endorphins and dopamine. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Everybody was we, just yeah. ecstatic. Right. Everybody was on cloud nine. Everybody's calling their spouses or girlfriends or mothers or fathers and saying, well, this was so awesome. You know, my wife says, well, can you go to Chicago now and get trained in it? And I do want to. And Jeremy and I have talked about it at length, you know, to, to help the VA side of this whole problem. But it's a, it's a global problem. It is. You know, but uh, it was a great presentation. Everybody's in heaven right now because it brought closure or not with it makes us believe everything we've been taught in for the last 28 days is real you know I, I i not only think that this is uh i not only think that this allows addicts to come out of their own thinking to realize that they cause the destruction of the past through their thinking i think that it's just a way to live a happy life and, that, and that's just it. It's not, you know, this again doesn't discriminate, you know, it, it's universal. And I believe everybody out there should be learning this um, to know that you are born with happiness. You are able to dictate your feelings and recognize your feelings and be able to move past the bad ones and know that it's going to pass and know that you'll be okay.